0: and welcome to another episode of the total football analysis women's football podcast um I am your host as always uh, abdullah in the house um today is gonna be a little bit different a uh, little bit of a different format um not even a different format actually it's just we're I'm missing my co-host Gavin he's uh I don't know he's busy he's busy he's busy today he's just doing some stuff and and he, and you know and I, and I need to you know put up the bat signal and uh, you know who could I get and I couldn't have asked for a better uh, you know co-host and in any we've been wanting him on for a while anyway he's been riding with us at TFA for uh, a few a good few weeks over a few weeks now and you know it's just finally we got his availability but um, I want to welcome Matt to the to the uh, you know to the pod and uh, Matt tell us a bit about yourself and 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 you know so the people know who you are.
1: Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the invite. I appreciate listening um, to, to your previous podcast. Um, you know, definitely just started contributing to, to TFA maybe two or three months now. So that's been a, a great process uh, for me. Uh, current kind of position um, I'm a, the video analysis for OL Rain and WSL team. Um, you know, obviously, we're in a, a, a you know lack of game and, and training. Period at the moment, but there's a lot of analysis um, work that can be done. Uh, also, uh, head coach of, of two teams within the development academy program for uh, rain for the rain rain academy. I coach the 17s and the, and the 15s. Um, you know, route to, to this position has has been uh, pretty pretty diverse. Um, I keep keep it short, um, but you know, done collegiate W League, high school. Uh, junior college, um plenty of different coaching coaching avenues and and I think um hopefully that the the diversity of those roles uh translates uh into you know more more rounded skill set
0: see guys, guys told you we're gonna get we were gonna get you know some top class knowledgeable people on the podcast we said this from day one and you know we're delivering here uh once again um but listen this is this is I'm, I'm excited for today uh you know we've been uh, been talking about this with gavin for a while and we were both excited and unfortunately he's not here today but i think when he's on he's going to be uh, it's going to be a great conversation again later but but as for today so as most of you would know um tfa we've launched our april uh, analysis magazine if you haven't read it yet or got, got it yet but, you know, head over to the site uh, at totalfootballanalysis.com and have a read. Uh, you know, pick up a subscription and have a read of what we're doing. Um, and within it, me and uh, Matt have um, have done two pieces, which is what we're going to be discussing today. Uh, first, we're going to be going over Matt's piece, which is a a data analysis on the on creators in the FAWSL. There's a very very interesting piece, um, which we'll get into in in a in a, in a few minutes. And I did a piece on uh, Bethany England, and basically whether she should be starting for England over Ellen White, and you know which player is is, is more suited to the system and and kind of her rise this season with you know the twenty one goals that she's scored uh to date already and I, I really wanted to look into more behind that and 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 really see who you know how Bethany England has gone from being almost, you know, in and out of the side last season uh, to being first choice right now to the point where Emma Hayes has had to change the system. And anyway, we'll, we'll get into that um, momentarily. But anyway, um, Matt, uh, take it away. Let's 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 get into your piece. Just give us the premise and then uh, we'll take it from there.
1: Yeah, the magazine piece, um, you know, definitely extensive, um, you know, produced or, or worked with a lot of the, the data uh, kind of myself, so a 16-year-old math skills um, calculator work came in pre- pretty handy uh, for it. But um, you know, the data piece was ma- mainly looking at the chance creators within the FAW. Cell. um you know, who were the highest contributors within their within their team? That was kind of like the first thing that we wanted to look at. Um, I actually learned a lot through this process about um, what specific data are you looking at. Um, so what's more related to the team? What's more related to the individual player? That's that's important. Uh, a lot learned a lot about actual sample size as well. So some of the data that we created, um, you know, is it, based on per ninety, whereas players are really highly standing out, but they may only have have created actually one chance, but they've only played twelve minutes. So that was kind of something that I learned through it. But anyway, we we I looked initially at who the Chance creators were within each of the 12 teams of FAWSL. What they were doing, how they were were doing at it, um, was then looked at a specific player uh, from from Chelsea. So, um, initially the the piece looked at, okay, different styles of play uh, produce different kind of attacking situations. That's gonna impact the the data. So, players are gonna be ranked highly in maybe one category, uh, as opposed to a, a different category based on the way that the, that their team might might be playing. Um, the data that I had initially was all players who have provided an assist this season were actually included. Um, and if you if you kind of we looked at that that to begin with, um, the first kind of comparison that I did was basically assists and and goals. So probably the most two simple m- metrics that you can have. Um, it didn't actually really differentiate between the players too much because it's kind of a fixed point you just score two goals just as there's so many people that are in there. Um, what really stood out to me was uh, Meadhamar was just so far ahead um, of, of everybody else in the comparison of, of both. Then when we we look at the data chart a little bit deeper, um, you know Bethany England Chloe Kelly you know, you probably have this with, with Bethany more towards the goal section. Uh, obviously Janine, Becky, uh, higher upon the assist, but that doesn't actually show us anything that was related to their own individual teams. Okay. So then I tried to calculate assists as a team percentage and expected assists as a percentage of the team XG, right? So, uh, Who's expected assists were a high percentage of the chances that their team was creating. Uh, three people really stood out on that comparison, uh, Miedemar of Arsenal, Farrah, Williams, and Lucy Staniforth. Um, going back to just where I began, Lucy Staniforth, a little bit of an outlier, uh, and I produced some graphs based on the, the sample size. So sample size for Birmingham is, is obviously chances created goals is, is extremely, extremely low within that. Um, so then I wanted to go a little bit deeper and look maybe into a specific player. So they might be um, successful w- within their team, but what are they actually doing uh, that's making them get these high high scores? And that's kind of when we got a little bit more into a specific player. So kind of, uh, I looked at Wrighton from, from Chelsea. Um, kind of, why did I pick her? Um, well, you, you know, you're probably going to be able to to comment with, with Bethany England and Chelsea. It's obviously an exciting team to watch. You know, Chelsea, highest amount of goals scored in the league, 47. Highest XG, 38.1. Highest total number of assists is 32. Highest expected assists, 27.3 of all the teams. Um, so Chelsea obviously pretty impactful in the final third and and the highest sample size. Um, So just kind of looking at at, uh, writing a little bit deeper, the first kind of data check and comparison that I did there was completed passes um, to the final third with completed passes. So if we're looking at um, chance creators, sisters, passing, it's probably going to be high up there now where did she rank in that actually below average on both uh data sets uh, it's important to note that um i don't think this was a good indicator of chance creators because defenders generally have a uh, high number of passes um you know are, are they facing lower pressure They're generally plus one completing passes built you know with the, with the build out uh, under less pressure from the opposition so I kind of charted that, but then noticed that okay, let's think about what types of passes or other kind of different metrics that that we might be looking at a little bit. So I compared her to um, actually the rest of the the rest of the league in terms of completed passes to the penalty area uh, per ninety uh, and completed crosses per ninety, uh, and she actually ranked number one in both of those metrics. Guru uh, writing so um, completed crosses and completed passes depending on rank number one so I thought that was obviously a very big big kind of in, in, uh, indication of, of why she might be contributing a lot to, to Chelsea um, so we can see that within the league those are the those are the kind of like the two um, skill set or in, you know individual uh, attributes that that she's really really contributing successfully within the league. So let's look at, at kind of like Chelsea. Um just because um you you know we had the data uh, ready and and I wanted to compare her to the team. they did completed passes to the final third and completed passes per 90, again, below average on on, on both of those. Um center backs, uh and then holding midfielder, Sophie Ingle uh scoring quite highly within that as you'd uh, expect. Okay. Um Lower pressure, probably not having plus one within that zone. Um forwards. Um you know generally when you get into the final third, you don't want to be completing a high number of passes. Um you probably want to be trying to exploit the maybe numbers up or the space that the situation space that you have. All right, so we saw that she was ranked um in the league. Um completed passes to the penalty area uh, and completed crosses. 90 i i did i i did a data check on that um she ranks number one in the number of completed passes to the penalty area and but number two in number of completed crosses per 90. okay but the person that was ranked first has actually only completed one cross in, in 12 minutes so that taught me about sample size um you know do we have minimum number of minutes played do we have minimum number of actual crosses that need to be completed to be to be kind of looking into that, All right? So that's kind of like the data it doesn't really show you anything. Um, so we looked at a little bit more deeper into Chelsea. What do they do uh, that might put Wrighton in, in a situation where she pr- produces more crosses? Um, Chelsea ranked first in a number of crosses, a uh, completed, completed number of crosses into the penalty area in the league, okay? So you can see now a bit of a pattern developing. Right, Guru Reiten's ranked so highly. Not not only does she complete the crosses, but Chelsea have a high uh, focus on maybe maybe crossing compared to compared to the other teams. Um, looking at dribbles per ninety, a number of players dribbled past per ninety. Um, she actually ranks um, just above average, but but not not one of the highest numbers within Chelsea. Okay, so you might think. All right, Winger probably should be should be dribbling a little bit. But when we go back to the highest impact players in the league and within their team, Chelsea actually don't have um, as high emphasis maybe on, on dribbling as, as you might anticipate. They're actually ranked uh, eighth in total number of dribbles attempted and ninth in total number of dribbles completed, ninth in total number of percentage dribbles completed um, within the league. So Chelsea... Pattern developing, more emphasis on crossing, less maybe on on, on dribbling. Okay, just the, kind of like the moving more towards the, the end of the kind of the magazine piece. Uh, looked at completed through balls per 90 and completed key passes per 90. Uh, right and ranked within Chelsea um, second on completed key passes per 90. Okay, um, again. The person who's ranked one made one key pass total. Obviously, played a low number of percent, uh, low minutes. So again, let's look at the sample size. I, I don't think it's a problem if you if you note that if you if you just looking at the graph without any context context um, might, might cause some problems. So key passes. Okay. Uh, what is it? What is it, what is a key pass? Key pass is something that's what's well, important because it's a, the pass that actually refers that. Refers to the pass that directly leads to a shot. Okay, why well, how might right and be producing um, a high number of key passes? I think that relates to uh, hopefully. I mean, you'll definitely touch on this when you when you chat about Bethany in England. But um, Chelsea's system four four two um, is it kind of like double pivots? Is it four four two diamond? Um, are the right and left midfield players for playing as forwards, i so they'll be playing inside, they'll be playing outside. It's very fluid and it's very much, you know, it can be based on what Emma Hayes wants to do when she's facing different types of opposition. Um, I included in the magazine piece just two average position maps. Um, Chelsea playing Manchester City and Chelsea playing Birmingham. Two very different positionings for, for Guru Right and one more inside, one more outside. Okay, um, so I think that the the, the fluidity within her the Chelsea system, the ability of Wrighton to maybe play multiple different roles, really contributes to kind of like the diversity of of areas and ways that she can make those key passes. Um, and then just finally, I kind of looked at okay, where are Chelsea making their key passes from? Okay, and then I included kind of a diagram, uh, key pass distribution of Chelsea during the last four games, there is none from the right-hand side. Uh, right and you know, predominantly plays left midfield player or kind of in the interior channels, half spaces, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and one, two, three, four, three, there's about 15 key passes that have been made, um, 10 of them from the left side and probably five from kind of the center. So I think just kind of, sorry, I've just kind of gone, gone on a bit of a ramble and talked kind of about the whole piece. But um, who are the, the, the who are the key the key chance creators within the league and and within their team setting? So, who which, which player did the team emphasise more in terms of chance creation? And then we looked at a specific player in terms of what are they successful at. And how might the team bring out their attributes to, uh, to make them more successful?
0: That was amazing. I mean, I didn't want to interrupt you there because even though I was, uh, I, I we we discussed this piece a lot. I mean, we were talking off air. We we discussed this piece a lot through the inception of it, and when you were writing it, and we went back and forth a little bit on on some of the some of the pieces. But even though I've read it and just listening to you kind of reiterate everything to me, I just like. I, I, I find it fascinating um, some of the findings that you had and a lot of the stuff does relate to, um, and, and I can, I can, I can comment on some of the stuff because it, I found some of the same findings in my Bethany England piece, even though you talked about guru writing, um, but just the way, like you talked about, the system that they play and then the different systems against different teams and then, you know, uh, key passes and, uh, all coming from the left side and not from the right. And uh, I also did a piece on, um, on the Chelsea four-four-two system back in December. Um, and, 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 and it, again, it just reminds me of some of the stuff that I found on that piece and some of the stuff that I wrote for this one. And it kind of makes me glad that, that my findings were, uh, were accurate and correct because I got them back now by your stats, um, which is, which is brilliant. Um, but now a couple of things I wanted to, I wanted to just kind of touch on here, um, and I, I, you talked about you know uh the, the Chelsea system, and yeah, i think I think when it comes to stats and outliers, I think it 's definitely important to know. I think a lot of people that um that would have been following the team would I do follow the team would would know um, uh, would obviously know some of the, the players that haven 't played, but generally speaking, I think we were talk again we were just talking about this before we started recording context within a system and within any sort of data set is is, is absolutely key I think it's one of the most fundamental and most important things that you can talk about because without it like you said you can just look at the stats of completed through balls per 90 and key passes and you think Jamie Lee Napier is like the best completed key passes in that team and why is she not playing but she's only played 14 15 minutes of football for 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 Chelsea's it's, it's it's nothing the sample size is tiny same thing with the with the crosses in maria thorstatter she she seems to have the highest number of completed crosses uh per 90 but then again she's only played a handful of minutes uh in the league um Compared to other players, which obviously then diminish, you know, diminishes their, their their stats a little bit. But looking at their system, at the four four two, and and when you touched upon them playing a little bit different, like I mean, you, I'm I'm looking at that average position map that you put here. Uh, obviously, against City, they've played a little bit more of a narrow, uh, almost like a diamond-like formation with the the four four two. Um, but what I, what I also think uh, contributes to them not having anything coming up from the right is because if you look, even if you just look at that map against City it's Marin Mielda who's a natural defensive midfielder playing at right back. Now while she's been fantastic and I, I had written a piece on her uh, a couple of months ago as well, where she has had moments where she's gone forward, but then I think it, it it it, hel- it doesn't help the fact that they needed to shore up defense and have at least two to three players um Kind of almost baking up a back three, and allowing only one fullback to go forward. And then in this case, Joanna Anderson, being the more natural left, uh, left you know fullback, would have was allowed to go forward with with Guru Wright and kind of sitting or uh, tucked inside in that half space, like you talked about, and allowing uh, you know, the, the left back to kind of overlap, pass, and put in some crosses. But I also think that another reason why they haven't come in off the off the right is because Erin Cuthbert, while she is. Situated on the right of a four-four-two, she plays almost like a number ten. She kind of uh, she kind of rotates between the half space on the right side and a number ten position, and kind of does all the dirty work there. She's not much of a she doesn't she's not much of a crosser, but she really puts in puts in a shift, and kind of plays a lot of key and through passes from from the, kind of the central areas. And with especially in in, in the big games, you you won't see two of the fullbacks go forward. So in this case, um in the last four games they played city i think they and they played a, you know west ham and a few other teams and any sort of um and any sort of uh uh you know, attacks that came off the right uh, were from were from 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 Sam Kerr kind of dropping into into, into the area. So I, I find that fascinating. That all of those that's just that that general analysis that I was able to pick up from my piece and pieces that I've done uh, is being shown more in in the actual stats that you've really been able to deep dive uh, deep dive into. I really found the uh, definitely all the metrics that you uh, you talked about. You know, really, really insightful, really interesting, and and um, I think the use of graphs are fantastic. And I, I mean, everyone that I've spoken to is, has absolutely loved this piece. So, you know, if if you guys haven't read this yet, and you love numbers and data, I don't care if you don't love numbers and data, you've got to go check this piece out. It's it's if you're a Chelsea fan like I am, then this is this is this is a, this is a dream, uh, you know, informative piece to kind of uh, to kind of go into. But, um, what's it, I mean, I know you talked about the the lessons that you learned from writing this piece, but is there anything you would have maybe included now in hindsight or or not included, uh, you know, when writing this?
1: Um, I mean, I think, um, definitely you you have to have a bit of a, a sample size to begin with, right? Or you're just comparing every single player. Maybe that's okay. Maybe you want to compare every single player in the league, but, um, you know, is is there a set number of minutes that they should have need to have played, or a set number of um, assists or passes that they need to you know to have kind of completed before you look into what they're doing per ninety? Um, you know, kind of. I think I think that that could be that could be one. Um, you know, what very important is what specific data are you using as as a as a comparison? Um, so in no way am i a data specialist but what i kind of think think about is when we did the the olympic piece okay and we're looking at selecting players to uh potentially p- would have been picked for, for a great britain olympic team um we're looking at maybe some defensive steps interceptions clearances uh aerial duels those types of things when we're looking at something that's an, a, 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 f- a fixed number like how many have they completed or how many they even complete per 90 you look at the more defending teams well they're obviously going to come complete more interceptions or more blocks um the ball they might be on the def- the defending uh side of it more longer longer in the game and that's what actually happened within that piece um and then also looking at more on the attacking side i was looking at the wide defenders well you know lucy bronze is going to make more passes into the final third i mean i think she's actually a Obviously a very good player, but the way that Leon play, and they're always in possession of a lot more she's going to be you know moving more into that field so I think um you know when we when we're using data what I kind of maybe learn through the process is um can you look at it um, percentage uh you know when you're looking at defensive jewels, not number, but okay percentage one or um you, know, you you have to you have to go a little bit deeper um in into data than okay just total number because it doesn't necessarily relate to what the team tactics are um that, those are, those are kind of some of the some of the kind of lessons that that I learned uh, through it um just going back to kind of like the double the um two average position maps that were in it um you know we got a right and moving more inside yes. uh or the the Discussing her a little bit more, playing very deep versus uh, Manchester City, and you know the right defender um very high versus Birmingham City, you know if we just look at the the two maps it doesn't really it doesn't necessarily go in too much, but a piece that I've just really recently done on on Lauren hemp, okay, who plays for Manchester City well she is extremely high and wide over on that left hand side that's going to impact. The average position of the the Chelsea right defender, whereas on the um, right hand side attacking at Manchester City, Jill Scott pulls more into the interior channel, basically to make it, make a three. So, how does that impact the average position of the of Chelsea's left defender? Um, so I think you you know you, when you're you're looking at data or you're looking at you know visual, you've got to use all the different tools um, together to really get the information that you're that you're kind of looking for
0: absolutely no no it's it's, it's important to look at all the angles and yeah you couldn't you you, know, you you put it you hit the nail on the head there I mean even with uh even even looking at the fact that uh Janine Becky if she's playing at um you know when she's playing at, at, at right back you know she's she's with Jill Scott playing interior you know you've got her playing high and wide on the right hand side as well and that kind of affects uh, you know Anderson to kind of has to stay wide to kind of deal with her in a 1v1 one B, one B one situation and leaving you know Erickson, you know being there right you know and if you look at even if you look at the map here Ericsson and, and Anderson are quite the 25 and 16 are quite close to each other and that could again like you said take into context of uh, Janine Becky playing really high and then um, you've got the interior midfielder on that side kind of occupying the half space well you kind of then going to need the two left back and center back to kind of combine together and and kind of have to sit closer to each other so they can they can kind of create some sort of you know numerical advantage within that space and then the same thing on the other side like you said Hemp's going to be playing high and wide uh so you know Chelsea's right back is going to need to be able to kind of sit inside a little bit uh and uh, and kind of have to you know create a bit more of a Know, a bit more of a a, a line, defensive line with uh, with Millie Bright here, and and kind of stop her there. But no, I think it's um I think it's again a lot to do with tactics and and I think that's I think one of the, one of the things that we've both learned from this I think is yeah like you said bringing the tactical analysis element and the data analysis element together and kind of being able to say not just be able to show the numbers and say. You know, oh look, I've you know we've got X amount of passes or crosses or, or whatever. No, but you've got to take into into consideration what are they trying to do on the pitch because you might have 15 crosses or you might have the most crosses or the most passes in the league. But what are you what are you doing? Does your team play like that? Are you are you doing that against specific opposition? You know, are you maybe you have the players to do this and other teams don't while they do have that system. So. Putting all that that context together and bringing them, you know, marrying the two together, I think is is the most important uh, uh, lesson and objective from doing these types of pieces, which I which I think uh, to to a really good extent you've kind of done here.
1: Yeah, we it's uh, it's interesting that the the way that the 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 data in terms of um, (laughs) numbers or where players rank really does relate to. Um, the individual tactics of the team and what I really like about Chelsea and, and, you know, both Chelsea and Manchester city is the way that their head coaches have um, set up their team to really bring out the best in the skill sets of of their players. Um, So we talk about Goura Wright and crossing, you know, they obviously have Bethany England, um, you know what? How many goals is she scoring from crosses? How many? She's the highest-ranked number player for number of touches in the box, right? So, she's probably going to be the highest focal point within that. And then Chelsea are thinking about: okay, we have this forward. How are we going to get her into high percentage scoring opportunities, which are um, obviously inside the eighteen? Uh, you touched on on crosses, right? If you just look at attempted crosses, okay, doesn't. That doesn't necessarily tell you as much, right? Okay. Percentage crosses completed. Uh, percentage crosses completed from um, specific zones within the field. Where are they crossing from? Are they crossing from the end line? Are they crossing from the sideline? Are they crossing from the interior channel? Okay. Crosses that directly lead to a shot. Okay. That, that's an even better data set than, than completed crosses. Um, you know, what I found with the Kind of the Lauren Hemp Manchester City piece. We we just kind of touched on the different tactics that, that they have. Um, when we compare her, uh, I think it, it was good comparison because I went from kind of a left-footed winger midfield player with Chelsea, and then compared more of a left-footed winger um, midfield player for for Manchester City, um, and two kind of very different setups or or ways that they would use the player Lauren Hemp. More of an I found more outside wide. Um, you know, she's ranked um ninth average number of dribbles per ninety. Um, so it doesn't necessarily tell you how effective, but you know, she obviously is is uh have a bit more of a focus on getting her the ball individually with space ahead of her or space to attack one v one. So their tactics are really set up around okay, get isolate in Lauren Hemp one v one with the with the wide defender. Uh, she's ranked first in average number of progressive runs. Um, progressive runs is, is an, in, in, an interesting uh, metric. It's it's kind of variable depending on where you are um, within the field. But um, what I found when I was looking at, at the, the data set of, of her and um, Manchester City was the, the different tactics that Manchester City really used to try and get her 1v1. Okay, That, that was kind of the way that they were set up was... Attacking may maybe done the right-hand side to attract more pressure or actually uh, underload attack in, overload. The, op- the opposition were hopefully overloaded defensively in there to then maybe switch the play um, through Kira Walsh, Caroline Weir, so that the left-hand side where Lauren had maintained the width, maintained the high space, and, and then could get maybe 1v1. I also like the relationship between... Um, Lauren Hemp and, and, and Demi Stokes, I thought that was a very interesting uh, piece. Um, you know, would Stokes stay deeper and flatten off to try and draw the opposition wide forward and then create a passing lane from central in, into him? Um, if the ball was a little bit deeper and the passing lane was, was not necessarily open, the opposition wide forward maybe had a good blocking position. Uh, Demi Stokes would run into the inside channel, so very interior often that drew pressure and then created space for Lauren Hemp to, to rotate around and that now she had space to, to start running with the ball. Um, so I just thought that, you know, it, it's okay looking at, at, at data. Um, but then, you know, when you, get, when you get into it, you think about, okay, well, what are the teams actually doing to put the players in, in those situations? Um, what's the, what's the tactics of, of, of each team and, and how are they set up to, uh, make the, maximize the players that they have.
0: I, I, I mean that's absolutely right. You know what? That actually just gives me. I think that's a great topic for. Um, I, I think we can go a whole podcast just just on on that topic alone of, of how teams, um, you know, can get players, certain players in certain positions, and you know, I think I think we should do that. I think I think at some point soon, I think you, and me, and Gavin can uh, can really look at. Uh, maybe we can pick up a couple of teams and we can, uh, and we can, we can pick up that topic, which, because I, I think it's fascinating. And, and even just taking like a case study, like Manchester city, like you talked about with Lauren hemp and, and Demi Stokes. I mean, and, and even on the right hand side, just look, I mean, just, the way Janine Becky plays and, and, and the, you know, the, the space that she has to, uh, to, to run down the channels on the right, I think that causes a, uh, a focus on her side as well. And that kind of, again, also gives space to Hemp, especially in the final third, because focus of plays on the right side when you've got so many players, you know, focusing on the, on, on the right, on the right back. But, but anyway, um, before this is uh, this goes into a two-and-a-half-hour-long conversation, which I would love to do, but I don't know if people are going to be sitting listening to us for that long. Um, <laughs> we'll move on. Again, great, great, great piece. I, c- I can honestly go on for, for forever. Um, okay, we're going to move to our second topic of the day, uh, which is my piece on Bethany England. So, yeah, so kind of the whole premise behind the, the piece was the fact that I wanted to kind of see what's what's made Bethany England such a you know goal scoring machine this season and and how she's been able to uh uh score so many goals and does that mean you know does does that warrant her starting over Ellen White is it time for her to you know for her to be considered the number 1 um and I'm going to go back to the beginning so you know Bethany England kind of uh she was in and out of the team, you know. Last season, the, the team played a four-two-three-one formation predominantly, and 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 kind of had Fran Kirby playing as the focal point as the number nine, uh, with with England coming off the bench. Um, and she had a, you know, she she still had a great goal return. She had nineteen goals last season, you know, playing, you know, some games off the bench, some games starting. And while nineteen is no there's nothing. It's nothing to you know. Nothing to be embarrassed about. It's a great goal return. She's gotten 21 goals, and we haven't finished the game. There are still games to be played. So she could easily reach 25 goals this season, and that's what you can ask for from uh, from, your, uh, from your from your from your from your center forward. Um, so kind of, I first kind of looked at the role that she plays at Chelsea. So obviously, Emma Hayes plays a four four two formation, and in the beginning of the season before Sam Kerr's arrival, it was Bethany England and Frank Kirby playing up front as this dynamic duo where um, England would play the role of a hybrid pressing deep line forward where, and, and, you know, England's, England's ability to break opposition lines and link play. you know, to, to some extent and, and pressuring defenders with her, you know, with her pace and, and pressing was, um, was, you know, was, was, was amazing. And um you know, her participation in forward areas uh, is mainly in and around the penalty area. So while she does drop in outside the penalty box to link play, she doesn't venture too far back unless the team is defending a corner or a set piece. And then she's basically at the halfway line. Um, and her play style is predicated kind of on two things, which is her movement and her positioning uh, within the box and her ability to be able to anticipate where the ball is going to land and I think that's one of the key things that she has um, and when Sa- Fran Kirby was there, Fran Kirby played a lot more of the role of being able to drop into midfield and kind of collect uh, collect possession and kind of play through balls into into uh, Bethany England or whether it was balls over the top or distributing it out to like a Guru Raiden or an Aaron Cusper in the wide areas. Um, uh, and she played it effectively, but obviously, Frank Kirby has been injured for the last couple of months, and then within that time, Sam Kerr has arrived at Chelsea. Obviously, we we know her uh, from her time with the Chicago Red Stars. Um, you guys obviously have have, have faced her firsthand last season, so obviously you know a bit, bit better than I do, me having played her. Um, and and, and me and Gavin and I talked talked about the you know the Red Stars and and the Carolina Courage last week. So, um, Kerr's Kerr's been. She's the kind of number nine that can kind of do everything. She's a complete forward. You know, she can play the link player role. She can play the deep playing forward. She can play the complete. She can play the target woman man. She can play the uh, advanced forward. She can kind of play all the roles. You know, you can play as a poacher. You can play wherever. So, her coming in, I think, has it's not what I like about the combination now of and England from what we've seen is they both don't play. They don't stick to. You know pre- uh, judged roles. It's not it's not like one's a poacher and one's a deep line forward. What if anything, Kerr's arrival has kind of made England adapt to kind of everything that 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 needs to be played. So for example, if Kerr's dropping deep, England's playing a little bit higher, waiting for that through ball. Or if Kerr is in a position to stay a bit higher, England's dropping off a little bit, trying to collect possession in and around the penalty box. So they're, they've, they're developing this relationship, being able to know where each other are and kind of playing the role that the other one isn't. And that kind of complements them, I think, in, in some way. And obviously we've only seen them for a handful of games. And in... In the time that they've been here, England has scored eight goals in six games, and one, you know one of the assists came from Kerr, and that was a great combination. I think in Kerr's uh, first game against Reading, if I'm wrong, it was a back heel into into England, who then ran ran through and scored. Uh, and Kerr has one goal and one assist in four games, which you know, kind of, you know, she's had to, she has to settle in, she went into on international duty. So it's, it's, it, but it's, it's a good start, you know, two, two goal con- contributions in four games is not bad. Um, So, you know, I, I looked at, first of all, I looked at England's use of space and I think that's really, really, uh, I think that's been really good. She's, like I said, she's a very mobile striker Um and she, you often see her sitting on the shoulder defenders uh as as almost like um you know, depending on the line that they play and that's kind of her starting point and from there's where she makes the movement deep or four um and what i like about it is she doesn't need too much space to you know to shoot obviously we've seen her long range shooting the first game against spurs at Stanford bridge at the season she had a fantastic uh, a goal over there and then the same thing against manchester city in the 3-3 Thriller, she had another, you know, shot from range and scored from there. So she doesn't need time. She doesn't need a second invitation to shoot. She just get whatever space she has, she will take a shot, and she's pretty good at it. Um she's improved her ability to take on defenders in 1v1 situations, and that's kind of come from the fact of last season she was um she was up against teams that would play this 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 very low block within all five, six defenders at a time, especially in the Champions League. Um, there, was a team, there was an example I'd given against a team called SFK 2000, I think they are a Bosnian team in the Champions League um, she was often kind of deployed up on the right side even though sometimes she was played as a centre forward, she would often kind of have to go out into the wide areas to kind of collect possession and, and push forward and I think her while well, this season she's a bit more she's a lot more central and I, I have a heat map comparison here between uh, last season and this season where last season you can see that there's a lot. There's a bit of heat, you know, generated in the wide areas. Whereas this season, that's a lot predicated in the middle because of the change of system from a four-two-three-one to a four-four-two. Um, and I think the, her 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 use, you know, I mean, her her time playing out on the wings has is improved her ability to take on fullbacks and defenders in one one situations. So this this season, when she's been able to get into 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 1v1 battle, she's able to kind of get past players and she doesn't necessarily need to get past them. She knows that she can take a couple of touches and get rid of the ball, whether it's a shot, pass or a cross. Um, And I want to take the example of the game against Arsenal where Chelsea had won away from home. She she picked up the ball in the half space on the right-hand side and she was 1v1 against them Against the centre back, but you know she 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 drove forward, pushed the pushed the player into the, into the penalty area, took one shimmy to her left, and just took a shot and scored into the top left corner. And I mean, that just again an example of her ability to adu space and her learning her you know picking up lessons from being played slightly out of position last season, um, and bringing it now and using it to her uh, to her advantage. Um, kind of the next part I kind of moved into was her movement and link-up play. And again, like like we talked about, having scored, you know, 21 goals a season, obviously she's been clinical in the final third. But um, her movement within the 18-yard books, I think, has been a particular highlight and her ability to be able to score goals. Now, we've always – we all know, we always talked about that strikers have this instinct. They just know where the goal is and they know how to score and shoot. We've seen this in the likes of Vivian Miedema. We've seen this in Otto Hegeberg. So – being, you know, seeing this now in, in a striker and Sam Kerr as well, but we're seeing this now in the likes of Bethany England is kind of getting into that category of of player. She's scoring that many you know that amount of goals, um, and even I just want to make a mention to Marie uh, Marie Antoinette Katoto for PSG. I mean, at 21, she's got 28 goals in that season. Uh, you know, even more than I think she got two three more goals than uh, Ada Hegelberg for Lyon. And it's 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 amazing how these young strikers the point is that the young strikers are now developing that intelligence of movement and positioning in the final third to be able to score this many goals i mean you don't really get that. You didn't get that a lot, like maybe like 10 years ago. You had the outliers. You had a Wayne Rooney. You had a Michael Owen in the men's game. And now you, but now look, you've got the likes of Kylian Mbappe and, and others who are just, I mean, you look at Tammy Abraham now, it's Chelsea. Um, You've got these guys coming in younger and younger just scoring more and more goals because their ability to be able to understand the game and I think that comes back down to a little bit comes back down to the data that we were talking about earlier where they've got so many so much data available available to them you've got these analytics departments kind of being able to break it down and mesh the, the analysis and the data together to give a context and I think that's helping a lot of these players just improve their overall game anyway i digress um uh anyway so a lot of um again again predicated her numbers uh uh like we said um now i'm just going to go to the meat of it like the premise so who should start it should be bethany england or should it be ellen white um okay so we touched upon this kind of in our Olympic, uh, you know, team GB piece that we were talking about. Um, Neville tends to play two to three systems. He plays about a 4-4-2, 4-4-1-1 or a 4-3-3. England can adapt to kind of, you know, all three of them. And when they play that 4-4-2 system, I think that's, um, one that has been successful for the team. And, um, it's, 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 it's kind of, I think, the system that most of the players are used to. whether they Because a lot of the players come from Chelsea, Arsenal, and uh, Manchester City. And a lot of the players, at least from Chelsea and Manchester City, are used to playing in a 4-4-2. Um, so they, they understand that like you've got your Georgia Stanways, Bethany Englands, your Frank Kirby's. Uh, these kind of players understand how to play in that midfield. You Scott's another one. Um, so I think that's for me is the best thing. And and what does that mean about the front two? Well, then that means that you need you, know, you need to play two strikers now. Neville's kind of played Georgia Stanway with uh, Ellen White or uh, uh, you know or you know Bethany England up there as well. But it's I don't think he's played. Both Ellen White and Bethany England together. And I was kind of thinking, okay, why is that? Is it it, it the camp played together or is their play style a bit different? Um, And I was looking at the recent She Believes Cup. And in that against Japan, um, you know, Neville played a 4 1 4 1 system that converted into a 4 4 2 in possession. Georgia Stanway basically pushed up close to England and kind of played that that like we talked about that 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 deeper deep line forward role that links up play with uh, with midfield, Uh, and England was kind of allowed to kind of just play like this pressing role um, up front, pressuring defenders to cause them to to cause mistakes, make mistakes. Um, and on several occasions, it's, the Japanese were just giving away possession due to this combination of of one striker dropping in, kind of playing in and around uh, England, and, and vice versa. Um, and you know, it's 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 I think it's down to the fact of Ellen White to me plays more like uh, an actual link player, like she. In a sense where she's a bit more of a traditional player that loves dropping into into midfield kind of playing those one two exchanges and then running in uh, behind once it gets uh, you know once it gets pushed out wide or to another player and then have runners coming in whereas with England at least uh, Beth England for playing for England I think the the system when they when she's played in the four one for one system that they that they played um if for her it's always been, just stay stand you know stand at uh, at the defenders line and just run in behind, make runs in, make runs in, and kind of just get on get on the end of uh, end of crosses and and through balls um but so I wanted to look at um you know I wanted to look at the goal number of goals scored by both players um so here's the thing it's since two thousand and seventeen Ellen white has scored eight goals against sides not ranked in the top ten. Uh, whilst her other five goals have come against the likes of the U.S. Women's National Team, France, and Germany. So she's obviously scoring more goals against teams that are not in the top 10, and she scored five goals against the ones that are. But then if you're doing that... Since 2017, I don't think that's the greatest goal return, and obviously you got to take into context the number of games that they play. But um, yeah, but, but still. Um, but you know, what? in both systems, whether it's the four four two, the four four one one, the four three three, I think it's clear that you know whoever plays up front needs to be tactically flexible for uh, for uh, Phil Neville, and I think both strikers have the ability to do that and be efficient in the box and. Um, I want to again. I want to touch back on the Lauren Hemp, uh, you know, examples that you gave. England have Nikita Paris, Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp, you know, as three different type of wide players, and I think the, the, the pair that's chosen to play in the wide areas. Affects how the forward two are going to play and which forward is going to play because if you're going to play a, a forward like Nikita Paris who has the ability to be able to come inside or or stay on the outside and throwing crosses, you're going to want to play a striker that's a bit more mobile in the box and has a bit more clinical edge over there, like Bethany England. And then you've also, but then if you're going to play someone like uh, Lauren Hemp who likes the kind of drift in so I mean, she stays high and wide, but then, like, like I think you mentioned in your article where she she has this impeccable timing of running in late, uh, you know, coming off wide off the left. You might want to pair her up with uh, Ellen White, who is able to kind of drop into midfield, link up play, and then kind of open up that space in behind for a Longham to come in. You know, so. I think that plays a huge role. Um, I also looked at data. So I looked at, you know, the average goals versus the uh, expected goals between the two players in this season. And in both metrics, I mean, uh, Bethany England's had, uh, you know, the higher expected, um, the higher average goals per season. And um, she's also has the, uh yeah sorry the higher uh, the higher average xg is that they have the same average xg both players but she's had the higher average goals per season obviously as we've seen um i looked at the um so i looked at and then i also compared the number of goals that both players have scored the average number of shots the average number of progressive runs touches in the box and offensive duels because those were the kind of the closest metrics that i could that I could pull to the way that Phil Neville wants to strike strikers to play. So in, in, in every single one of these metrics, England has had a higher average per 90. I mean, she's had, she has almost seven touches in the box compared to uh, Ellen White's five. She's got four and a half more shots than uh, Ellen White. She's got more offensive duels and more progressive runs. Now the only one that I can say that's truly surprising to me is the number of um, the progressive runs from Ellen White has been so low at 0.64 compared to England's 1.57. Um, but I think the rest, again, like we said, we've got to put into context. Touches in the box 7.21 for England versus the 5.73 for Ellen White. I think that has to be for the fact that Ellen White likes to drop in other players coming in behind and taking those touches and scoring. Um, whereas, again, Bethany England loves to be in the box. She's always in and around there. She's going to obviously have more touches um and again average shots we know that uh, bethany Inga loves taking a shot from outside the box she's not afraid to do that so just in essence of that that's that's kind of where the she she scored higher in there so you know looking at all you know putting all this together I, I was like okay so what's the best system for the team to play and who should be starting and for me i said it's got to be a 4141 four, one, and you play you know, you, you play Roebuck, Greenwood, Bright, Houghton, uh, Houghton and Bruns, you your back five. You've got uh, Kira Walsh as, you know, your sitting midfielder. Hemp, Stanway, Scott, Paris as your, you know, midfield, And then you got Bethany England on the top. I think, to me, this is the best way to get the best out of England to score goals, stay tactically flexible, and be able to defend diligently because you've got the creativity and defensive assuredness of Scott and Walsh. You've got Stanaway, who can play this box-to-box role. Hemp, who's also able to kind of act as a second strike if you needed to be coming off the left. Stanaway can do the same thing. Paris offers this, uh, you know, this, this different dynamic on the right. You've got Lucy Bronze, who can bomb forward. Uh, and and Greenwood, kind of moving to Lyon, would have picked up things, uh, you know, playing with Eugénie Le Somers or Amon Magu on the left. So... Being, able, you know, picking up, playing with better players would have would have improved her attacking, you know, attacking wise as well. So, kind of putting all that into consideration, for me, it's 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 it, it comes down to the fact of who you're playing against, what type of team you're playing against, and uh, which striker calls for that, you know, it tactically calls for to be starting that game. But if I'm Neville. I'm starting Bethany England purely on the basis of the way that England has improved the season, the statistics and data are backing that. And um, yeah, just overall, it's kind of what I've seen. And, uh, you know, Ellen White's not had the greatest season in the world. So maybe it's time to, to give up that number nine jersey and give it to uh, Bethany England. Sorry, I went on a very, very long rant. But, you know, here we are.
1: The depth of, you know, writing, I think, at TFA means you can talk about it for for kind of a long, a long time. Um, just a, a, you know, a couple of things that really stuck out for me was just very simply the, the heat map of best in the England from 2019, 20. I mean, look at the mar, the dark, uh, orange area, uh, in, in zone 14 or gold zone or whatever, inside the 18, whatever you want to call it. I mean, she's getting a lot of touches inside, inside that area. Um, Absolutely. you know, I think if you, you, you did a couple of, like data you know key data comparisons or and um, number of touches in the box i mean she she scores really highly in there so that's kind of you know she's if she's getting that many touches inside the box i would expect her xg and you know ultimately goals to to, to be quite high yeah you know i always look at um how does the average goals compared to the xg if the average goals is way higher you know they might just be per- temporarily performing i guess a little a little higher but you know she's you know 0.13 ahead um, you know ellen white's very very close um, you know her average xg and her average actual goals so and um, yeah some some really interesting interesting different little pieces that you that you brought into the overall overall
0: piece appreciate it yeah i mean it was it was, it was, it was a fun one to do and one where i really wanted to bring in the uh, the data aspect and 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 kind of what I've observed over the last, you know, season, season and a half, and and see how that, uh, you know, that plays a part. But um, anyway, Matt, it's been great to have you on. I appreciate your insight. It was truly fascinating to sit down and finally have this chat with you. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been fantastic. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, we need to have you on as not as a guest, but as a regular now. You are part of the TFA family. So, and, and while me and Gavin are on every week, um, we want to make, you know, we're going to hopefully have you on uh, as many times as, uh, as we can. And, and hopefully the three of us can have some great conversations on, uh, on, on football.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to, uh, you know, whatever you need. Um, a lot of, I do a lot of talking. Don't necessarily know how knowledgeable it is at some point, but <laughs> um, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, man. No, we we're, we're all in the same boat. Like you know, sometimes sometimes I come off these podcasts going, did I make any sense out of anything that I said today? But then you know, uh, we're always learning. We're, we're we're you know we try and educate everybody as as best we can. Um, anyway, guys, uh, if you liked it, let us know. Feedback is always great. What did you think? Um, follow the uh, you can follow the socials at Total Analysis for the page. Mine is at K O N A V D. Matt, you want to give your socials out to everybody so they can where they can find your work. Uh,
1: I have a um, uh, Twitter account. I think it's Coach Underscore Dorman. Um, I do have an Instagram, but it's got I think one picture on, so I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't take that too much. So. Um that that one yeah you can uh you know if anybody has any questions at any point they can always reach out to me directly
0: Yeah, guys guys heard it anyway um without further ado we'll uh we'll see you guys uh next week and um, yeah, yeah have, have a good one